Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Let me see. It just seems like a Frank Sinatra sort of day, doesn't it? What a beautiful day it is. Welcome to another episode of Jack of All. Um, so, a few times on here, I have talked about counseling. And I don't know how many of you guys are into counseling, but something that I think is good and important. Um, we Sometimes we go together, my wife and I. Sometimes we go by ourselves, but um, yeah, especially for me, a perfectionist, uh, it is an forced exercise of humility uh, and courage, kind of. You know, the humility is to have somebody else maybe see something that I can't see. (laughs) Takes humility to do that. And there's a courage piece, right? Courage to kind of speak or uh, think down a path that I don't have a complete handle on yet. So counseling is almost the only time in my life that I say, uh, I realize that's a half-baked thought, or I haven't totally processed this. <laughs> that really is kind of the only time because uh, I'm insecure and I'm a perfectionist, and I like to have things processed and thought about from every angle, so whatever. Uh, I went to counseling last week, and I'll tell you what, there is no place on earth with more tension than the waiting room in a counseling office. <laughs> there, it is the most, un- everybody's uncomfortable in there. So uncomfortable that they're just staring at their phone. And it feels like this cross between like the doctor's office and prison. You know, <laughs> you know everybody's in there for something. Like things... Every, everybody's probably in stride with their plan B at this point. So I like to play the old uh, what are you in for game while I'm waiting. Right? You try to guess based on just the most horrible, judgmental first impressions what they're probably there for. I do that in the doctors and while well, it's not as applicable, I will do that in prison. <laughs> So if there's a couple in there, right, man and a wife, then you probably know why they're in there, a little marriage counseling, but then you got to be more specific. You got to try to guess if it's a proactive or a reactive appointment, you know what I mean? So you're trying to gauge how they're interacting with each other, and uh, it's not always obvious. It it wouldn't be a fun game if it was obvious. So sometimes you got to fish a little bit and you say something really subtle like, you know, hey, I'm sorry to bother you guys, but um, I've got a little game going here. Is your relationship in crisis mode? And then if they just break down crying, you've got your answer. And you just take out your pen and make a very elaborate mark showing that you have won the game. Uh, however, remember that there's obviously always a chance that somebody else is playing the game also in the waiting room. So, obviously, you the goal is to get pinned in the most favorable light possible. Right? 
So there are a couple things that you can do. Um, sure, like if you're a guy, you could probably pick up a good housekeeping magazine, right? Make yourself look well-rounded. Um, but you know, there's an outside chance that the other person playing the game is going to think that you know you only want to be a good housekeeper, not a great housekeeper, and you're going to counseling because you just settle. And that's going to reflect negatively on your spouse because settling tends to be a transcendent characteristic in somebody's life. And they're going to think that, you know, you think you probably could have done better getting a spouse, which isn't true at all. You don't want to mess with all that. So here's the safest move. Safest move is simply just to lead out and make some sort of statement just into the room. It doesn't have to be to anybody. You just want to say, you just want to throw it out there just to eliminate doubt. So something like, you know, Oh man, what an absolutely beautiful day to not be narcissistic and just simply enjoy the freedom to gather my thoughts for proactive health going into this next season. Again, doesn't have to be to anybody, but just that. Oh my gosh, are you winning or what? And just to prepare you, because I've done this a few times, everybody else will continue to look down at their phones but just know that they're all thinking, wow, what a healthy person with no problems. And we all know the more you look like you have it all together, the better chance you got to sell somebody essential oils, which is always the goal. So uh, just a little tip next time you go to counseling. So there's a question that, that popped up. has been more prevalent in my past few days, but wanted to ask you guys, what worries you about the future? Uh, take the future, you can interpret that however you want. But what worries you about the future? What, what is it that gives you anxiety? Um, is it the unknown? Is it the known, right? <laughs> Maybe you're in a situation that you just feel stuck in and don't know how to get out. Um, is there worry or anxiety with finances? Is, is there anxiety with your kid's future? What is it? Uh, because I will be honest and say I found myself asking this in the last three days. Uh, what worries me about the future? And it's a weird tension, you know, to think about the future. Because on one hand, you don't want to be foolish and not plan or not dream, or not think ahead. On the other hand, though, more often than not, that stuff leads to worry and anxiety, you know? The more you try to plan and think ahead, for some reason, you just find yourself worrying more. So, uh, before officially answering this question, I think that determining what is healthy or unhealthy when looking at responsibilities in your life is really important. Um, I have some serious decisions to make, right? even regarding the immediate future, and I am not totally sure what I'm going to do. Um, and so worry and anxiety uh, kind of creep in, and I can trick myself into thinking that comes with the territory, right? That, no, not everything is going to be rainbows and unicorns. Of course, there's going to be worry and anxiety. But 
I think that worry and anxiety are different than responsibilities. Um, when I was a swimmer, I uh, swam for a number of years and into college, but I would look at an upcoming season and I would visualize the progression of the season. Right? I know that there is a time of just destroying your body and beating the muscles down, and then there's a time of tapering at the end of your season. And when you taper, what happens is um, your yardage decreases and the intensity increases. And what you're going for is that your muscles that have been torn down build back up and your body peaks at just the right time. Right? So you essentially kind of taper for only one or two races or meets an entire year is when you're hoping uh, to hit your taper. But if you start too late, start the taper too late, then the body doesn't have time to completely rebuild correctly. And if you start the taper too early, then you're out of conditioning for too long uh, before the race. So there's this idea of hitting your taper. And uh, before a season started, I didn't worry about the tough times. You know, I didn't have anxiety uh, about either the tough times or that I would miss my taper. I knew what was in store. I knew it wasn't going to be easy. Uh, far from it. In fact, my senior year of high school, listen to the schedule. I would go to club practice in the morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m., then drive from there to high school practice from 8 to 10, then after school, I'd have club practice again from 4.30 to 7.30. That was every day, man. It was brutal. Um, but here's the difference, right? Here's the difference between swim season and life is in life, you have no idea when your taper is going to come. In life, you don't know when your brutal hard season is going to come. You don't know when you're going to get rest because it is not just this simple progression. Um, but you do experience all the seasons. And just like a complete swim season, the reason that you experience all those different things is to produce a result. Um, the result in swimming is quantifiable, right? It's a time that you can actually see. And the product in life that we want to grow is faith which is far less quantifiable, uh, certainly less tangible. And I was thinking that, you know, actually the best way to know that if our faith is growing or not, the best way to tell it's working is how we respond to the brutal seasons in our life. That's how we can tell if our faith is actually growing. Um, after 10 swim seasons, when we hit the brutal time and I'm throwing up during practices, uh, I didn't think, you know, what the frick is going on here? Like, what is this? Or is this ever going to end? Or uh, I didn't think that because I'd experienced it before. I'd had 10 years of that. I knew it was part of this progression. I um, thought, you know, though this is hard, this is necessary to produce the result that I want. Um, and same thing, right? After 10 years of just life, you learn that when a brutal season hits, you don't say, what, you know, what is this? How, how is life not perfect? God is screwing up, right? This is beyond repair. 
uh, I say something similar. I say, all right, this is really tough, but I've experienced this before. I know that this is part of the process, that from this, my faith will grow. Right? I've got nine years of God proving himself in the hardship, and now I can see life as seasons that, though it's unexpected, there is this progression that produces the result that is important. So, to finally answer the question, I guess, what worries me about the future? Off the top of my head, uh, a lot, <laughs> because I'm human. And that stuff sneaks in, and I think about everything from providing for my family to, you know, am I going to be operating in the gifts that I'm designed for, and am I going to sell out, and are things going to work, and all of that, man, because that stuff creeps in constantly. Um, but when I stop for a second and I gather myself, uh, what happens more often than not is I kind of replay this video montage of God being faithful in the midst of chaos my entire life. And I say, we're going to be all right. <laughs> we're going to be all right. Uh, this may be a brutal season, but it's going to produce faith, which is about the most precious commodity there is here on earth. So... Um, yeah, sorry you guys had to go on this with me. This will be a big part of my journey, but I, I want to walk through it with you guys and share just my mindset with you guys. And if you're there with me right now and it's a brutal season or you're looking at some unknown future potential, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. Uh, we got a God that cares more about it than we do. And... Uh, he is looking at ways to use whatever is going on in our lives to produce that beautiful characteristic of faith and to draw us closer to himself. So we're going to be all right. Uh, hopefully that's a little bit of inspiration for the day, and we will try again tomorrow.